Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers. I'm Kieran and I'm joined by the one and only Matty D. And coming down the aisle, what's your name, kid? I'm the human bus. Oh, that name sucks, kid. Coming down the aisle, it's Bus Boy. No, I'm the, I'm the human bus. And if you didn't want to hear that, then you shouldn't be listening to the show because that is a spoiler. It was absolute nonsense. That's what that was. Nah, well, not, not, not everything can be appreciated. No. I'm an artist. I'm ahead of my time. You're you know? ahead of your time, Matty D. They're going to be calling me a genius in 20 years. Speaking of ahead of its time, Maddie D and I just watched Shang-Chi and we're going back to what we predicted a couple of years ago and seeing how close we got to predicting the plot of it. Did that make any sense at all? Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> good. We're on the right track then. So, this is very much like a sister episode to our original Shang-Chi episode that we recorded, I think, all the way back in 2021. So, if you haven't listened to that original episode yet, I'd strongly recommend doing so before proceeding any further with this one, because we're just going to make references to that original episode and very much discuss what was said in that episode. And if you haven't seen Shang-Chi yet either, I don't know where you've been, or maybe you just maybe you just slipped under the radar. There's so many Marvel movies coming out. Especially back in 2021, where every second week I felt like there was another superhero movie coming out. Maybe you missed it and you really want to see it still. It's been years. So, we're going to spoil a lot of the plot. So, if you haven't seen that movie yet and you really want to, please watch that first as well. Now, let's get into it. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings is the often misremembered title. (laughs) How much money do you think Shang-Chi made in the worldwide box office? Got released during COVID time, right? Yeah, sort of uh, second wave of COVID. So, if you remember in that original episode, that was a COVID episode we were recording separately. We actually had you patched in on the phone. Yes. Yes. So, I was in the studio and then we we had you patched in remotely. Back in those days. From your bedroom. (laughs) Yes, yes. But back to your question, uh, how much did it make? I'm going to- well, Do you want to know the budget as well? Yeah, tell me the budget. I don't think they sunk a lot. So, the budget, budget but- is between- Really? Okay, interesting. Well, does, does, the budget is between screen. 150 to $200 million, buddy D. Interesting. So, they haven't released what the actual budget is. It's a, They're given a range. Say that again for me. 150 to $200 million. So, we got a, a $50 million just up in right. the air. <laughs> okay, so it didn't do well is what I'm getting here. Well, uh, right. All right. So, interesting. I, I'm going to say if they've released that as the budget- I think they would have gotten hundred. Has, has a Marvel movie ever been a box office flop? That's the that's the main question here. One hundred sixty. One hundred sixty million dollars. You reckon it made ten million dollars over its budget, therefore being a flop, or or forty million dollars under its budget? Yes. Well, you're completely wrong there, Matty D. A Marvel movie has never been a flop. This movie made $432 million, okay. which Marvel did say was a disappointment. They were hoping to make something like $500 million. I guess they couldn't be too upset at the end of the day. It did make double its budget, potentially, so... Yeah, yeah, crying over spilt milk, I guess. And this brings us to the conclusion of our exact same movie trilogy, with the other two installments being Mortal Kombat and Snake Eyes. <laughs> we talked about it a lot in that original episode... And just going back, we revisited all three of those movies within this same year and then just really looking at those movies back to back to back. Because beforehand, we were just talking about the promotional material of the movies. Now we've actually seen all three movies in full. What do you reckon? Do you reckon they're similar at all? So similar. Similar to the point where I was expecting things to happen rewatching yes. Shang-Chi and then realizing that I was thinking about either Mortal Kombat or Snake Eyes. Or Snake Eyes. They're the same plot. All three have basically the same plot. Uh, yeah. The, the three leads, and the, I'm not trying to sound offensive at all with this, the three leads are all interchangeable. Like in my head, I can't, I'm just picturing the same guy in, in all three lead roles. <laughs> You're picturing Simu. Uh, Essentially. 
you know, I mean, having a lead that's kind of like a faceless person without like any personality is like that's that's pretty common. But yeah, the plots of these movies are so similar. Absolutely. The beats of these movies are so similar. Absolutely. The whole going back into an ancient Asian realm, discovering your powers. Oh, it's it's the lady sidekick as well is in all three movies. They were all sitting next to each other when they were doing their homework is what I think. And happened. two of them were written by the same guy as we discovered last week. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like you he can copy me, yeah, but, but he copied himself. But make it look like your own. Yeah, well, why not? I mean, he's making money off it, right? Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Did Mortal Kombat make money? I think it did. It's getting a sequel with none of the same actors coming back. Can't wait to cover that one in the future. <laughs> Something we discussed in that original episode as well. You talked at length about the powers of each individual ten rings. Yeah, which didn't play a part. It's not an movie. element in the movie at all. Which we kind of knew that going. Yeah, in. I think we, I think our plots really. We said that the rings that. would just have generic powers, which is true. Which is true. They just seem to have one power. I think it was worth talking about. Absolutely, it was the, the most episode. interesting part of the episode. <laughs> it's it's worth talking about in the episode just so we showed that we did our research and showing the well, fact that well, you did your research. Well, we both we both did research, but like showing the fact that Marvel is instead of taking something from the source material is just going to make the same generic bullshit and you know. Not yeah. worry about that when they could have made an interesting, more unique story. That's true. But I imagine think- if they had hands that turned into dragon, green, <laughs> dragon scaly hands, like That'd you said cool. in that That'd episode. Cool. But yeah, we spoke about it, but in re- reflective in our plots, it really showed that we knew that, that it was just going to be generic yeah. magic rings. And they're not going to do all of these individual powers with these rings in no. any of the movies. Is Shang-Chi even going to come back in a future movie besides having like a little endgame style cameo where he's just, you know, in a big battle somewhere? Yeah, probably not. Is is it? Does it feel like this whole endeavor has been pointless to you? Yes. <laughs> okay. Fair yeah, enough. Yeah, we'll been. get into our thoughts on the movie been. at the end. Also, the Ten Rings—they didn't in the in the comics or my reading of the comics—they're super powerful. You know, everyone's wanting to get them because the person who has them is you know or who has all ten. Yeah, all powerful. But in this movie, they're powerful, but they're just kind of like yeah, yeah. They sort of paint Wenwu as though he's like the most powerful man on earth and he's conquered everything. But like, I don't get the impression from the movie. No. And from any other Marvel movie, like, they didn't even mention him <laughs> in any other- It's because he was just, like, taking a break, I guess, Yes. in the time span of these Marvel movies. But if we're to believe what they're saying in the movie, he's, like, the ruler of the world. Mm. But, yeah, uh, oh, well. Mm. Oh, well, we'll talk about it at the end. Now, when I was re-watching the movie, uh, was it yesterday? No, day before yesterday. Doesn't matter when I watched it, Kieran. Uh, I actually saw a couple of familiar faces pop up in the movie as well. And I was just like, oh, it's that guy. Did you recognize anybody when you were watching the movie? Who are you talking about exactly? So, Sean, well, Sean, Sean, we can call him whatever we want. Mm-hmm. The movie did the same thing. Sean and Katie's friend, uh, Sue, if you remember, they had oh, dinner yeah. with her twice. The one that they have cocktails with. That's right. She was the daughter from Everything Everywhere All at Once. Very important oh, character in that really? movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. And I, I, I recogni- didn't notice. I recognized her straight away. I was like, oh, it's her. And then- John John, if you remember the character yes. of John John. Yes, yes, yes. He was David from Megan, the head of the toy company in Megan. Oh, my God. The worst actor in that movie. We'll talk about Isn't it in a future episode. it funny how, like, dyeing your hair just completely changed you? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, your performance as well, I guess. He was the guy who got sliced up in the elevator in Megan. Yes, yes, I know. You're I recognized about. him straight away. And I was just like, oh, my God. I didn't know who he was back when we did that original episode. Mm. But now, yeah, I know exactly who he is. All right, let's get into how well we did. But before we do, Maddie D, would you be so kind to explain our point system and how it works? So I've had a look at Kieran's plot. He's had a look at my plot and we've each graded our respective plots. If we get something that's not in any of the promotional material, we get two points. 
If we get something that is in the promotional material or in the trailer, we get one point. If we're kind of on the right track, but not 100% correct, we get half a point. There's a few of those. And if we got nothing right at zero points, we tally all those up and we could decide how well we did and more importantly, who did better. That's right. And let's find out right now. So, I think it was you who went first in that original episode. So, let's find out how well you did. And personally speaking, well, actually, I won't say my thoughts on your plot until the end. But you did start off by saying that you had no idea what was going to happen in the movie, but you felt confident in what you had. <laughs> huh? <laughs> I, yeah, I, I felt really confident in the plot of my movie, in the, in, in the plot I was going with. But part of me thought that, you know, it, it could go in an entirely different direction. I was either 100% on the money or I was completely wrong in every respect. I thought your plot was good. Thank you. Perfectly speaking. I'm not saying it matched the movie, but listening back to it, I'm like, this is a good plot for Matty D. Thanks, man. And listening back to it, I was just like, wow, this is way better than my plot. <laughs> and I, I legitimately thought that what you had was going to be the movie. Yeah, I remember you saying listening that. Listening back, I was like, this could ex- be the movie exactly. But let's find out how accurate you he know actually what I think was. it was as well. I think the fact that I was in lockdown at the time and I couldn't do anything else, I just pulled all my resources into focusing yes. on this plot. So this is what happens when Matty D actually makes. So an you effort. weren't being an extra in the background of some Marvel movie. You weren't <laughs> doing a play. So you weren't in middle of the middle of hours and hours of rehearsals. So you actually had time <laughs> to sit down and think about the plot for a change. <laughs> so the coming here, just flying through the seat of my pants. Yeah, exactly. You said that the movie would start with a flashback. We started off with a fight straight away because I'm like, we originally said it was a cold open. Yeah. Um, because, quote, be- Marvel doesn't do flashbacks. Because, okay, yeah. All That's right. interesting. All right, yeah, they do flashbacks all the time, especially childhood flashbacks. They but didn't used to. They didn't, yeah. I was thinking about it. Think about the original movies leading up to the Avengers and then think about the first Avengers movie itself. Mm-hmm. None of them have childhood flashbacks or flashbacks in them really much at all. Yeah. I mean, you could say that Captain America starts off in the past. Yeah, but, but that's not a flashback. No, because a, a large chunk of the happens in the movie, order of, a, of the events. Yeah, and a large chunk of the movie takes place in, a, in that time period, at least. That's right. And essentially, that's what you were saying here as well. You were saying that we start off in the past and then we slowly move through time until we get to modern day. I mean, there's a skip, but yeah. You said there's a time skip. So, technically, it was a cold open. But in the context of the movie, if you want to be correct to the plot, you have to say it's a flashback because that is what we got mm-hmm. in the actual movie. We do get a Which flashback. Which I did say technically it is a flashback. Yes, you did. So, I did give you a point for that. It was that. just a cold day in ancient China, which yes. is why well, it was actually, a you cold said, open. You said an Asian fantasy setting. Now, it's not actually an Asian no. fantasy setting. It's no. uh, the real world <laughs> that the flashback takes place in. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it's the re- it's the real world, but it is a fantastical element to it. It's very like Lord well, there's the a guy with magic is- rings, so of course, yeah. Next, you said that the army of the Ten Rings is led by Wenwu, and they invade a temple. Gave you a point for that. Uh, it's not a temple; it's a- another kingdom. Yeah, it's a castle that they're invading. In fact, you change it from temple to castle <laughs> in your own plot later on. You said that Wenwu is going up against an army of people who worship dragon aliens. Uh, I d- it's not the case no, at all. No, they're just a random Yeah, tribe, we know nothing about this random other- kingdom. Yeah, this other group, this other kingdom. Yeah, it's just setting up the fact that uh, Wenwu's a badass. He's just wiping people out. Well, you were setting up this out. is where he got the Ten Rings from. So, you're saying at this point he doesn't have the Ten Rings. Yes, which is incorrect. You said that the Ten Rings has a team of CGI lions who rip apart the enemy. That's not the case at all. Didn't give you any points there. You said that Wenwu storms the castle and comes across five of the magic rings sitting on an altar, and he puts them on. Doesn't actually happen in the movie at all. We're seeing him with the the ten rings straight away in the actual movie. I mean, other than the rings, this is pretty good so far. Pretty good. Better than what I had, is what I'll say. (laughs) 
pretty good and not really accurate to the movie. And I don't know why he just didn't get all 10 because you don't mention where he got the other five from at all. Well, actually, he got uh, another four, I believe, yes. according to your book. We'll, we'll get into in it. In my mind, he's collecting these rings is what yeah. he's doing. He's building. Oh, what a lucky day. This was all five in one place. <laughs> you said that we'll cut to the opening titles. Now, I actually rewatched the movie. I, I skipped through the movie a second time because I was just like, when do they cut to opening titles? We don't actually have any opening titles. Oh, wow. That's really odd. Yeah. I don't think it's something they really do with Marvel movies. They I think they show the titles at the very end as they cut to credits, but they don't often have titles at the start of the movie. They must do the, so we get the, the Marvel, Marvel. We get the Marvel logo, but we don't have like a Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings anywhere at the start of the movie. Mm. Okay. At, when did they do the Marvel logo? Right at the start? At the very start. Okay. Very, very start. And then we go from that into the battle. Right. And the first thing we see is like the, the Ten Rings clan's flag, mm. but no titles. Which is is odd, but like I said, reflecting on it, I was like, I don't think that's something they do in Marvel movies. In fact, in a lot of movies these days, they don't have opening titles. Did they do that in Eternals? Why do you think I remember that movie right now? We're going to have to watch it again in a couple of weeks, (laughs) so we'll save the conversation until then. Yeah. That's interesting. You said they were introduced to Shang-Chi as a child. Now, the way that you pronounce his name changed all throughout the plot. You weren't too bad for the most part, but for you mainly called I him- I thought I was okay. You called him Shang-Chi, and just for the record, it's Shang-Chi, so think of it as an O sound rather than a U sound, and you also called him Chung a few times as well. I, we listened back to the episode, and I was pretty good for the most part. You said Shang. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gave okay, you two so I points. I off once or twice, but-, uh, but <laughs> I'll let the, the movie, audience decide. In the movie, in the scene where they're in the airplane, he says how he pronounces his name, and I swear to God- It's- n- It's Sean with a G. It's different to Sean. how we pronounce it, but Sean. anyway, it doesn't really matter too much, but uh, I get your point. Yeah, well, you got two points, so go home happy, <laughs> because we didn't know that we're going to be introduced to young Shang-Chi at this point in the movie, and we are, so there you go, two points. You said that Wen Wu is warm and fatherly towards young Shang. Gave you half a point, because there's one point in the movie where he's warm and fatherly, but for the rest of the time, he's cold and distant towards yeah. Shang. Very much doesn't seem to care about him, but I guess he does say that he cares about him in his own way. You just remind me of your mother, and I hate you. <laughs> He's such an asshole, this yes. guy. You said that when we explains to Shong the importance of the Ten Rings and that they're his birthright. Gave you half a point. That kind of happens. Because he says, like, if you want these, you've got to be more of a man. Yeah. I mean, that's something we saw in the trailer. Exactly. But, um, yeah. So, I said it kind of happens, but not really. So, yeah, that's why it's half a point. You said that we see Shang-Chi go through some grueling training at the hands of Death Dealer, who is the silent assassin working for Wenwu. Gave you a point for that. We saw that in the trailer. And it's true. You said that Death Dealer will be based on the Marvel character Midnight's son. I did some research. He's not. Oh, he's not. He's not. Who is he based on? Nobody. They Nobody. made him up. Yeah, they made him up specifically for this movie. They made him off on Taskmaster or whatever <laughs> that character's called. Yes, he very much felt like that. You said that Death Dealer will remain silent through the whole movie. Gave you two points. We didn't know that there was going to be a big reveal or something. I think I said the same thing, so. We speculated that, but yeah, he was just a silent assassin the whole way through. You said that at this stage in the movie, Wenwu only has nine of the ten rings. Okay. It's not the case at all. All right. Rewatching the trailer, there's a scene where he looks at his wrist or he looks at his arms. Or we see his arms. And the so, sc- you're looking at his arms. I'm looking at his arms. So not the- very well. And the screen cuts out and you can only see the four rings, but the fifth ring is just a little further up. And I looked at that and was like, bingo, that makes so much sense. He's collecting the last ring. Not the case at all. Not, not the, the case, case at all. Set me down the wrong track. Would have been cool, but not the case. Yeah, well, it's not the movie they were making. 
You said that Shang-Chi, who you called Chun-Li at this point, was also trained by his mother, Ying-Li, whose name we had completely wrong. We were given false information. I think we said her name was Chen-Li. Chen-Li is uh-huh. what yeah. we told her name was, but it's actually Ying- Ying-Li. And you said that she'll give him words of wisdom about compassion and humanity. Gave you a point and a half for that, because I believe that's the case. We do see him training with uh, Ying at some point, and she does tell him- Something. I don't remember. I was sort of losing interest at that point in the movie. At that point in the movie? That's no, the no, start. we have a flashback to this at the very end of the movie. Oh, so, right. as they're gearing up for the final battle, if you remember, Shong remembers when his mother was killed. Even though we were yes. told all throughout the fucking movie that that was the case, we finally see it at the end for no real reason. But we see that he's training with her and she tells him something. But like I said, I was so over the movie at that point. I don't remember what she said. Does it hurt your points? Not really. You said that Shong follows his father around and realizes that he's a crime boss and starts to fear his own father. Gave you half a point for that because uh, when Wu, when uh, Shong is, you know, growing up, he isn't in a life of crime. So he gave up a life of crime when he married Ying and he, they lived as a, a, like basically a normal family for most of Shong's childhood. It's not until Ying is killed that he goes back into a life of crime and he starts it off by going to like a mahjong parlor and killing a whole bunch of guys. Who he believed was responsible for his wife's He thought they were like the Iron Gang or whatever Mm. the the crew was called, the Iron Clan, whoever it was who was responsible for killing Ying. And so in the actual movie, Xiong witnesses his father killing people for the first time and that's what sort of turns him against his father, even though he trains to be an assassin for several years after that. Yeah, he trains to be an assassin. Um, but I think what really makes him turn against his father is he's sent to do a mission and he decides he doesn't want to be this guy anymore. And he, and well, he, he, he kills a guy. He does kill a guy. He kills right? a guy and then he regrets it. And that's why he runs away. Yeah. So that's why I gave you half a point, because what you said was like mm. very loosely on the right track, but not quite there. Yeah. You said that when we was told that Tony Stark has gone missing- and he won't be able to get his new supply of weapons. Okay, not only does that work for the timeline here, but uh, I, I was given wrong information. <laughs> so, Tony Stark would be pretty young at this point, wouldn't he? Uh, this is in the 90s? Yeah, it would be the 90s. Wow. Well, he would have been a young adult. Well, we see, okay, well, we see in the third Iron Man movie- And the first. Well, what I'm saying is the, okay. th- the start of the third Iron Man movie takes place in the year 2000. Okay, yep, yep. Like the new year. Yep, that, okay. that, that, that There's a flashback there in 2000, and he's, like, young, but he's still Tony Stark. Yeah. So, I guess yeah, in the yeah, 90s, right. he's kind of still that guy. Yeah, that makes sense. But what I was thinking of was, in the first movie, he is dealing with the, the Army of the Ten Rings. Yes, that's right. But that's not actually the Army of the Ten Rings. <laughs> yes. It's a fake Army of the Ten Rings. We find out in the third movie, right, that it is a fake organization created by Guy Pierce. Is that accurate? I haven't actually seen the third Iron Man movie. I haven't seen it in a very long time, but I assume so. Anyway, look- Because like, I know that they set up Trevor Slattery to be the Mandarin, yes. but he's just an actor who's shooting scenes pretending to be the Mandarin. Yeah. For Guy, Guy for Guy Pierce, Guy yes. Pierce. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so in the first Iron Man movie, it's sort of an Easter egg that Tony Stark is do- doing a deal for the Ten Rings. It's something they kind yes. of loosely set up, but it's not the same Ten Rings from this movie. I took that as, oh, they're going to reference this. I was wrong at the end of the day. Yeah, they never that, did. That doesn't really happen, even though people on the team and the you know the team of this movie did say that they were going to do that. It's wrong. It. Yeah, anyway, yeah. whatever. I, I Look at me listening to the promotional material. Yeah, they talked a lot of shit in that promotional material, didn't they? Now, so, because Tony Stark is missing, Wenwu is really befuddled by this, according to your plot. <laughs> and this gives Ying uh, the opportunity to help Shong escape from Wenwu's temple slash manor. You couldn't decide if it was a temple or a manor. It's just a compound in the actual movie. It doesn't matter. 
Uh, gave you half a point because Shang-Chi escapes, but his mother isn't involved at all because she's dead. Mm. And it's years and years later yeah. that he escapes. You said that we'll time jump to modern day where we see that Shang-Chi is working as a valet with his best friend, Katie. Gave you a point for that. That's true. Seen in the trailer. You said that we'll see Shang's life as a lovable, goofy guy. I gave you a point for that because sure, why not? Is he lovable? Is he goofy? I guess we can talk about guess it's it. Guess up to the audience. After our plots, because I got stuff to say about that. But uh, We see him singing karaoke with Katie and not yeah. being responsible. We see him talking about his backstory in high school where he was being bullied. And then uh, Katie jumped out and started singing Hotel California, which was awkwardly crowbarred into the movie later on. It did not work. You said that we'll see some light fish out of water comedy involving Shang. We don't at all. No. It's not an element in the movie at all. Despite them saying that. They said it several times in the lead up to there, the movie. There is no fish out of water comedy at all. There's no fish out of water. Maybe what they gave us is what they thought fish out of water comedy was. <laughs> they got fish out of water comedy wrong. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, no, he he's, uh, you know, he's a, he's an American. He's living an American life. He he's- fits in. Everywhere he goes. <laughs> Almost like he has no personality. Yeah. Yes. Um, it's crazy. There's no there's no seed of adjusting to anything. No. Which is actually, I want to just say this right now. The only time he reacts to anything is when that furry thing, uh, I don't know what it's called, but the thing Trevor Slattery has that leads them to- The thing that's just made up of butts. But- <laughs> two butts with wings. Yeah, yeah. This little, this little mascot that they have. He reacts to that. And I remember watching the movie being like, you've seen so much other shit. Yeah, this entire movie that this you is saw where abomination you in an earlier movie. You saw, you <laughs> went, yeah, you went to this fighting rink and you saw people with powers and abomination. Rink, and you, people are skating. Yeah, and, there's a ring, and, and you, you know you've been with your father. You've seen all this crazy stuff, and the little mascot is what you flip out about. Yeah, and this is in a world where we've had the blip and we've had all these aliens come to Earth yeah. and destroy the world, and there's superheroes and everyone knows about the superheroes because they're talking about them. And this yeah. little furry thing is what you react to. People know who the Hulk is. Kids know who the Hulk is. Just wild. The Hulk is dabbing with kids in this <laughs> just, universe. Just wild. And he's just like, what a creature. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's 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 the one time he reacts. Yeah. Okay. It's weird. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Questionable choices here. Now, you said that Shang-Chi trains hard in his free time. We don't actually see this at all. We don't see him training in modern day at all. We see him do some push-ups. Yeah, that's true. That's about it. But you said he was training hard, uh, and then he plays even harder. No, no. I was thinking of Snake Eyes and Mortal Kombat. Silly me. Yeah. So, yeah, not really an element, so I didn't give you a point there. You said that Shang-Chi constantly evades questions about his past and cut physique. Gave you half a point, kind of. He just never brings it up. It's never a topic of conversation until shit goes down, and then suddenly Katie's curious. And they never ask either. Which one? No. No. Well, the only person who'd be around to ask would be Katie or maybe Sue or Sue's husband. But, yeah, Mm. it doesn't come up. They don't care. No. You said that while traveling on a bus, Katie and Shong are attacked by assassins. We gave you a point there. That's absolutely right. Yeah. You said that the bus driver is killed by Razor Fist. It's not actually the case. The bus driver is knocked out when they sort of go around a corner or something like that. He just yeah, bumps his head. Should have had his seatbelt on. Guess they don't have seatbelts on buses. <laughs> you said that Shang chi takes down the assassins while Katie does some comic relief driving. Gave you a point for that. Yeah, fair enough. And you said that Katie will be surprised by Shang's kung fu skills. Gave you a point for that. That was all in the trailer. Uh, in fact, we saw this whole scene in the lead up to doing the episode. So Yes. It was the, the one scene that both of us got really, really accurately. <laughs> you said that the bus will crash and Shang and Katie are chased by Razor Fist into a subway. And the assassins, quote, break into the subway and Shang-Chi kills Razor Fist. I have no idea why I had a subway here. It happened in Black Widow. I listened to this episode back and I was like, why did I decide this? I went out on a limb, I think. I don't know why. Black Widow. It happened in Black Widow. Maybe. But you hadn't seen Black Widow at that point. I hadn't seen Black Widow, so- So maybe that wasn't it. (laughs) Okay. Who knows? It is a trope, but I don't know why I put it in here. 
Well, it didn't happen in the movie. Maybe I saw something that I misinterpreted. I don't know. You said that Katie overreacts to everything. Well done. <laughs> Gave you a point. Thanks, man. You said that Shang-Chi sees Death Dealer watching from the sky. No. Just like uh, Starman. Starman? There's a Starman. <laughs> There's a Death Dealer waiting in the sky. No, he's not here at all. You said that Shang-Chi realizes that the assassins were sent by his father. At this point, he doesn't have any idea at all who they are. No. It's not until much later on when uh, Death Dealer shows up in Macau that he finally learns that they're from his father. Yeah. No, he hasn't put two and two together. I mean, you'd think he would, but he's an idiot. They're just wearing black and they're all very diverse. So, he just doesn't- It's just oh, these are just regular assassins. Just regular assassins. Despite the fact that my father was like the head of an assassin clan. Exactly. uh, You know, it could be anybody. And they're specifically after the necklace that my mother gave me. So, uh, no questions. It's, It's a coincidence. I think he's put two and two together, but the movie's never clear on it. No. You said that Shang returns home with Katie and starts packing and explains that his past is catching up with him. Gave you a point for that. That was in the trailer. You said that assassins burst into Shang's house. It's suddenly turning into a Black Widow plot where the assassins just constantly bursting in everywhere he goes. Fitting in these action scenes, man. Uh, so they burst into his house and kidnap Katie, forcing Shang to return to China via private jet. All of that is wrong. Yes. Uh, I mean, he does go to China. He does fly to China. That's correct. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. He, the Did you like how in that original episode I made you clarify? I'm like, so he doesn't go domestically. He doesn't fly domestically to China. And you're like, nope, private jet. Yes. Maybe helicopter. So, <laughs> this is where we can really see that I only watched three trailers and you watched mm, six. That's right. Because I watched that trailer. I watched all the trailers after so all that COVID time you had. Leaving <laughs> Apparently not that much. I was, I was too busy researching the Ten Rings and what they yeah, did. <laughs> okay. But, uh, well, I just like, I looked at it and all I could find was the three trailers. And usually that's- the amount of trails they yeah. have for this kind of thing. So I was like, yeah, cool, done, whatever. Because you get um, to a point where you just see the same footage over and over exactly, again. Exactly, exactly. So I was like, okay, yeah, I've had my fill. I know I've got enough information to go and make a plot. But there is a trailer out there that ho- that shows this whole scene where they're in the, the airport together and they have a back and forth, which you go in in your plot. Mm. I didn't see it. So, you know, I knew they had to go to China somehow and yeah. I, just, I just guessed. So they're going under duress in your plot. Not the case in the actual movie. You said well, that kind of in the movie, but well, they're not going under duress, so there's no sort of like kidnap angle. No, and it's no, not like no, the no. bad guys are there with a gun in their in their ribs no, the whole time. No, um, it's very. They unclear. get to choose between the beef and the vegetarian options on the plane. <laughs> That's what we get in the actual movie. <laughs> yeah. They don't get to choose. No, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> we'll have to. So you said that Shang and Katie are taken to Wenwu's temple, and when it's not a temple, like I said before, no. and Wenwu tells Shang that he missed him. I missed your son. Gave you a point for that. It doesn't happen at this point in the movie, but it does happen later on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, close enough. You said that when we want Shang to take his place and help him find the 10th ring. Not actually the case in the movie. He doesn't care if Shang takes his place or not. In the actual movie, they want to help him rescue his wife, who he believes is trapped behind a wall of scales in a magical <laughs> land, and she is calling to him from beyond the grave. Yes. Wow. Okay, we'll get into it later. We did not guess that. No. <laughs> okay. You said that Shang asked why Wenwu needs him at this point in time and not earlier, and Wenwu explains that he was training Shang's sister for the role, but she ran away along with his wife. Mm-hmm. Gave you half a point for that, because the only thing that's accurate is, uh, by the way, we said her name. We said her name was Xiling through the whole movie. It's actually Shiling. So, Shiling. remember that. So, she ran away. Shiling ran away. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, not accurate. He said that Wenwu believes that his missing wife knows the location of the 10th ring and is hiding it from him. 
not the case at all. She's I dead. Mean, that's very close. In it. not not. I'm not trying to scrounge for points here, but it's interesting that he's trying to chase something that his wife has. He's chasing his wife so, in the movie. Yeah, what you're saying is that he is looking for his missing wife, and that is technically the plot yeah. of the movie. But that's not what you were saying. Not not in the way that it it happens in the movie. But I'm kind of like. Yeah, it's almost it's almost you're close. accidentally close. Yeah, is what I'll say. You said that Shang refuses to join Wen Wu and fights his way out of the compound, freeing Katie in the process. I actually gave you two half points for that because they do have like a a, a car chase out of the compound, and Katie is with him. So yeah, close. So two half points, making a single point there. Mm. Happy with that? I mean, yeah. You said that Shang and Katie run into Wong. He's just hanging around outside uh, Wen Wu's house. And he offers to help them find Shang's sister. I don't know why he's so keen to help them. He's like, I'm Asian. You're Asian. Let's work together. He's a good guy. <laughs> yeah. But what's he doing in the movie? Good point. Explain to me that. Anybody. In the actual movie? Yes. Yeah, good point. They just wanted to put him in there because to remind people. Like I said in the original episode, to remind people of other Marvel movies while they're sitting through yet another boring origin story. <laughs> you said that Wong takes Shang and Katie to an underground fighting ring. And Shang is told that he can only speak with his sister if he takes part in the fight. That's technically the case, minus the Wong aspect. Mm-hmm. That's technically the case. So yeah, replace Wong with John John, and that's kind of what happens. Yeah, so I gave you a point there. Although John John doesn't realize who his sister is, it's kind of an accident that they get into the fighting rink. Ring, ring. A, a rink is what you skating like a the cage, <laughs> the fighting cage. Yes, so it's a ring, not a rink. You said that Wong volunteers to fight in Shang's place, but he gets defeated by Abomination. Now, Wong doesn't know that Shang-Chi is there no. in the actual movie, and also he beats Abomination in he the does. movie. He does. So, wrong on both counts. You said that Shang fights and defeats Abomination. Shang never fights Abomination Do in I the actual movie. Do I get a point movie. for uh, Wong and Abomination fighting, like a single point or something? Well, the two things that you said about it was wrong, so... But they do fight. I, uh, I guess I mean, it's, so. in the, it's in the trailer, so it's not I worth guess a lot, but... Yeah, I, I, okay, I'll give you half a point for saying that they fought, but okay. everything you said was wrong. Okay. Did Wong offer to fight in Shang-Chi's place? And did no. he defeat Abomination? No. So, the only element you got was that they fought. Yes. So, half a point. Okay. Uh, actually, it has to be a point, doesn't it? Because the fight is in the trailer. Yeah. And you did get the element that they- uh, Okay. So, no I'm points- not, No points I'm for, not gonna what, lose for what you sleep said. Over it. No points for what you said, but I'll give you a point just for, you know, just bringing up the fact that they fought. <laughs> Why not? Why not? You said that Shang fights against Shai Ling and tries to explain to her that they're siblings. Gave you a point for that because they do have a fight. There you go. Aren't I nice? Uh, but she knows who he is straight away. There's no, like, circumstance where she doesn't recognize him. Yeah. You said that the fight is interrupted by Death Dealer and a group of assassins, as well as a giant lion. Gave you half a point, because this sort of happens, but not quite in the same way. The fight is concluded. They do attack. Yeah. I'm wrong with the lions. Yes. Completely. You said that the fight spills out onto the scaffolding outside the building, but our heroes managed to escape. That's true. Gave you a point for that. Mm. You said that Shiling- Well, actually, no, our heroes don't escape. No, they get- uh, Wenwu shows up. Wenwu when the- shows up and- And then they take com- a helicopter back to his compound. And then kind of kidnaps them, kind of not. Kind of. It's, it's- in a friendly way, he kidnaps them. Yeah. For anyone listening, I got the series of events sort of in the opposite order here, but yeah. this is the point in my plot where Wenwu takes them to- His know, compound, his yeah. His compound. Which we've already covered yeah. earlier on, because they've already yeah. escaped from his compound in yeah. your plot. But not in the actual movie. Yeah. So, you said that Shiling takes Shong to Nan, who is the gatekeeper of a mythical world. Gave you half a point because they end up there. She's not the gatekeeper. She just sort of lives there. Uh-huh. And uh, I guess Shiling is with Shong when he goes there. But it's actually uh, Trevor's little pet, whatever that thing was called. Yes. 
He has a name, but I don't remember. I didn't yeah, write it, it down. It doesn't really matter. doesn't really matter. He's the one who actually leads them there. They have to drive really quickly through a, like a forest of bamboo. You said that Xiong tells everyone that he doesn't want to run from his past anymore. So, hold on. What happened to the whole kidnapping by Wenwu angle? No, they, they escaped. They escaped yes. in yeah. your plot. That's right. My bad. My bad. You said that Xiong tells everyone that he doesn't want to run from his past anymore. I gave you a point for that because that does happen. It's also in the trailer. Mm-hmm. You said that Nan grants Shong, Katie, and Shiling entry into the mythical world. So, she's just standing at the gateway and she's like, welcome to Jurassic Park. <laughs> uh, and they meet Shong's mother, Ying, who flourishes around in a rice paddy hat. Yeah, she does Not that. Not the case but at all. In the flashback, this is when this happens. Or one of the flashbacks in this Correct. movie. Correct. Correct. One of the million flashbacks yeah. that they had in this movie. In the context of the movie, it's when she met Wen Wu. For the first time, that's first right. First time- what I thought was we were going to see this at this point in the movie, which is not the case. You said that Shong is trained by his mother, who tells him the history of the Ten Rings. Now, this doesn't happen in the movie, but I gave you half a point because he is trained by his aunt, Nan. Yeah, replace it with Nan, it's pretty much the same thing. And she basically tells him how to defeat Wen Wu. Mm. Or she- She's like, you just got to be better than him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, cool. Didn't think of that. She opens his mind to another way of fighting. Yeah, so I gave you half a point there. You said that Shong is told that Wen Wu stole the Ten Rings from a race of dragon aliens- it's not the case in the movie as far as we know. What we're told is that he found the Ten Rings in a crater. Yeah. they never Suggesting really- that they came from space. Yeah, they never really go into the Ten Rings that much. There's no. a post credit scene where they kind of indicate that they're very ancient, old, you know, they don't know much about it. That's right. Wong comes and collects Katie and Shang-Chi and he says, like, we've never seen technology. Mm-hmm. And Bruce Banner and Captain Marvel is there, yeah, and they're of all people. Their, they're scratching their heads about it. Like uh, Bruce Banner's in a, in a cast as well. He's got his arm in a sling. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> yes. I wonder why that was. I don't know. Probably a He looked really to old movie. too, Mark he Ruffalo. Did. He did. Well, he is getting old now. Yeah, that's true. But yes. Captain Marvel basically says, like, I've never seen anything like this in all my adventures in space. Bye. Bye. See you later. <laughs> I've got shit to do. You can call me. I don't actually have her number. Uh, this this group, though, they have a relationship with an ancient dragon. That That is the case. That's true. In a way. But that's not where the Ten Rings came from. No, it's not where the Ten Rings came from. That was a guess by me, which yes. is not, not the, ca- not the uh, case. It's comic book accurate, so it's just that these movies are rarely comic book accurate. Yes. Only when they want to be. You said that Wenwu wants to use the rings to control the world. He does. Yeah. Give you a point for that. You said that the rings cause Wenwu to be immortal and he's hundreds of years old. Should give you two points for that. I originally gave- No, no, no. It's in the trailer. We see that him in ancient times in the trailer, which is why I gave you one point. Yeah. I was wrong about that, but we'll um, get into that later. It is. It is something we know in the comic as well. There's that great scene where he tells this old guy, yeah. shut up, young man. I kind of love that. Shut up, young man. I've lived for generations <laughs> for longer than you. By the way, that guy, that old guy was killed off so unceremoniously because <laughs> he was just like, oh, we've got to get everyone to say, whoa, whoa, whoa. And he sucked <laughs> up and killed by like a monster. And I laughed. I thought that was hilarious. You said that Sean gets a new outfit and a staff. <laughs> he does. Gave me a point for that. We see that in the trailer. Yeah. You said that Ying shows Jung. You called him Jung at this point. You, show, you said that Ying shows Jung the 10th ring, uh, which he has been hiding. Who the fuck is Jung? I mean, I'm, I, I guess it was, I guess it was Shong. Yeah. You said that the final ring can change matter, which he demonstrates by turning air into water. Oh, man. I really struggled with this scene in the yeah, trailer. Yeah, not the case. Working it in, and it turns out it was nothing. It was just a map. Yeah. <laughs> it was just silly. You said that Ying gives the ring to Shong, and he can't use its power because he doesn't have the other rings. Not the case at all. You said that Wenwu rocks up with his men and challenges Shong to a fight. Gave you a point for that. That's basically the case. You said that Wenwu suddenly murders his wife Ying in cold blood. Doesn't happen at this point, but- He doesn't murder his wife at all, but she is killed in a flashback. She is actually killed in a flashback at this point in the movie. Yes, she is killed in a flashback at this point in the movie. But not by him. 
Not by him, but he is responsible because the- yeah, The bad guys are it after is, him. This is a loose thing. I'm not scrounging for points here, but the, the people that are after him kill his wife. Correct. You said that Wenwu demands the final ring from Shong and they fight, but they're evenly matched. I gave you half a point because they do fight, but Wenwu ends up kicking Shong's ass. He kicks him into a lake. You said that Wenwu knocks Shong into a lake and Shong sees a dragon underwater. That's correct. Gave mm-hmm. you a point for that. Mm-hmm. That's in the trailer directly. Mm-hmm. He said that the dragon will be inspired by the character Fing Fang Foom from Marvel Comics. Two points. Oh, I looked cool. it up. It is. Cool. You can look this up. It's true. Nice. Well done. Well done, Matty I D. was very impressed. Thank you. He said that the dragon gives Shong the strength to reemerge from the lake like a reverse King Arthur, which I thought was a funny <laughs> parallel. Gave you half a point because Shong just rides the dragon around. Yeah. He said that Shong takes all 10 rings from Wen Wu. Gave you a point for that because we do see this in the trailer. We and, do. And it's Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Why wouldn't he get the rings in the movie? <laughs> he said that Wen Wu demands that Shang kills him and Death Dealer, and Shang looks at his friends and decides to throw the rings into the lake so the dragon can have them. Yeah, I don't know the case. That doesn't happen. I like that a lot. You said that Wong and some other monks show up to arrest Wen Wu and Death Dealer, and Wen Wu uses a smoke pellet to escape <laughs> like a ninja. None of this happens in the movie at all. Both of them are killed by yeah. demons in the actual movie. This is something that you and I both got wrong, but I thought it was interesting because- I said Wen Wu survives as well, yeah, didn't I? Yeah. I was like, if you're going to bring this big uh, character into this universe, like a second time, essentially, the Mandarin- Oh, the Mandarin. Wendu- I thought you meant uh, the dragon. I was like, oh. Yeah. Why would you kill him? But, well, you know, they, they do it they in did. every Marvel movie, Matty D. You know? uh, it was like they were correcting mistake and trying to bring this big character back and then they kill him in this movie. It made no sense to me. Yeah, well, yeah, I thought the same thing, so I can't argue with you there. You said that Wong approaches Shang-Chi and asks him to join him, setting up for a future crossover and a sequel. Two points. Oh, well, it absolutely happens. Cool. Happens in the restaurant at the end when they're sitting with Sue and her husband. Oh, yeah, it does too. <laughs> You said that Trevor Slattery will have a cameo in the movie. Two points. He does. It's more than a cameo. It's it more is. than what we needed. <laughs> and during my plot, you said that Shong and Katie, you agreed with me, actually. Okay. You agreed with me on the point that I said that Shong and Katie will have a strictly platonic relationship. So, I gave you a bonus point for that Which as well, do. giving you a total of 41 points. Oh, cool. Well done. Thank you. Not bad at all. No, not bad. Uh, Strong improvement the- from your last prediction. <laughs> listening back to the plot, I was pretty happy with it. I think I did a good job. Um, you did a pretty decent job. There's a few things. You off. fell off at the end there. Like the second half of your plot I does not the match beats. the movie, but you got a lot of the elements. I got the beats. I think the one thing I got wrong was the MacGuffin. That was the the thing I got wrong. Yeah. I thought the MacGuffin was going to be the Ten Rings. The and MacGuffin. most of the plot, yeah. I disagree. <laughs> I disagree listing back to it. But anyway, that's, uh, you know, in either here nor there. Let me go into what you said. So you said we're going to- Speaking of people who are wrong, yeah. (laughs) Now, you started with a flashback in ancient China where we learn the legend Uh of the Ten Rings, which is exactly the case. Through narration, I give you one set of one points there, making two in total. (laughs) Do maths. Um, Well, we didn't know that the narration was going to be in the movie. Isn't the narration in the trailer? Nope. The narration's in the trailer, I thought, watching it back. What? So the Chinese narration was in the trailer, was it? It was not. It was English narration. So No, there was no narration in the trailer, Matty D. Okay, well, I'll give you an, well, two points and then 1.3 in total. There you there. go. Yeah, because it was- I've got to take was, what I can get. It was- No, you'd be surprised, actually. Was the narration in Chinese? It was. It, the whole the whole first bit was in Chinese. That's correct. It? Yeah. That's correct. We don't get English for the first uh, yeah. 15 minutes or so of the movie. That's right. That's right. But there's definitely opening narration and it definitely starts with this flashback scene. You said that Wen Wu's ancestor is seen using the Ten Rings- Well, I said Chong Chi's ancestor, not Wen Wu's. You said Chong Chi's? Yeah, Chong Chi's well, ancestor. Well, I guess like Wen Wu is his father, so yeah. the same- Technically, wise. technically correct, but it is his father and not his ancestor. Because okay. my point was that it's not the same person. So- yes. And I was wrong. Yes, yes, yes. So, you said that their ancestor uses the Ten Rings to defeat an army. 
it's actually the immortal Wenwu, but Correct. other than that- No, I said he was defending- his kingdom yes, fr- on, I, I, from a, a from a villain army. That yeah. that was my next point. Okay. You said that we see him defeat an army. Yeah. Um, I give you a half a point there, by the way, because other than it's it being- It's not defensive. Wenwu, what's that? It's not defensive. Yeah, other than it being Wenwu, it is correct. And also, I wasn't Wenwu in my plot. Yeah, I said it's not Wenwu. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, so what you got right was we see somebody come in and defeat an army. Half a point. It's yeah. not Wenwu. And the next bit of your, your prediction there was you thought it was uh, protecting a castle. That's not correct at all. It's it the other way around. A yeah. Castle, yeah. Uh, you said we're going to flash to the early 90s where we see Wenwu is a ruthless leader that uses the Ten Rings or is the head of the Ten Rings organization. i give you one point because that's in the trailer. Mm-hmm. You said that uh, he's transferred this Ten Rings organization into a crime syndicate, which is true. Mm-hmm. Give you a point there. It's stuff we know from the promotional material. We see Wenwu beating people up in a restaurant in front of uh, Shang-Chi, which is true. But it's in response to his wife's murder, so I'll give you half a point there. Yeah. Not quite the context. It's a mahjong parlor as well and not a restaurant, but, you know, they might be eating in there. Who knows? Could be. Could be. So, it's half a point there because- Those mahjong tiles look a little bit like licorice all sorts. <laughs> also, we see it in the trailer. You just didn't call the reasoning behind yeah. it. You said that Death Dealer was going to be his support, which is true. You also said that he was going to be the Chinese version of Taskmaster, which is pretty much it's the true. case. That's one point and another two points there for calling the Death Dealer character, so it's three in total. Uh, you said Wenwu tells uh, Shang-Chi that he needs to prove himself if he's ever going to become the leader of the Ten Rings organization or fulfill his destiny. Mm. Yada, yada, yada. I give you one point because that's in the trailer. Yeah. Uh, you said we're going to have a scene where he is hitting a wooden column as part of a, a training pole. montage. He's a, a regular pole. pole puncher. That's right. That old joke from the episode. And his training also includes being hit by sticks, which is true. We see it in the trailer, but like that in is Kung accurate. Pao. <laughs> exactly. Now, mm-hmm. this is a trope of all like Kung Fu movies we see it a lot of times if you watch a lot of kung fu movies of people training and becoming stronger by continually punching like a hard object over and over again yes just want to tell everybody for the record that's not accurate in real life if you punch an object like that over and over again you're just going to destroy your your hand bones and it's going to make you a worse fighter rather than a strong fighter because that's what happened to kieran in his fighting career correct so the reason i'm no longer a martial artist is because i was punching poles all day long yeah. and now my hands just look like jelly and the bones are completely crushed yeah <laughs> No, I actually saw a documentary about like a boxer who the whole reason he had to retire from boxing is because he was punching constantly, like he's just constantly punching people in the head and his hands were literally like his bones were fractured in his hand and never healed. Yeah. And so if you're punching a solid object over and over again, the same thing's going to happen to you. I mean, that's why they wear gloves is to kind of- Yeah, protect their hands from that. from that impact, but it's kind of impossible if you're doing it that often. If you're doing it with bare fists as well, like they always do in these movies, specifically this movie as well. We see a scene as well with Shang-Chi with just bloodied up knuckles from punching this pole over and over again. But I guess it's trying to say how hard his training is, why he's such a badass. It's a trope. It it looks cool. It's a trope. It's just not realistic His trainers are cold-hearted and don't care about him. Yeah. There's all all that sort of bullshit. Yeah, it's a Kill Bill style scene. (laughs) Yeah. They said that when we're speaking of is cold and uncaring as a trainer and- As opposed to your warm and fatherly. So is Death Dealer, which both is true. Yeah. I would say Wenwu has moments of softness. Yes. But he is- So, he has these moments where he takes his son aside and sort of goes, you know, I believe in you. You know, yeah. this is your destiny. I care about you. Da, we da, see da, da, them da, playing da. Dance Dance Revolution. <laughs> exactly. But there is moments, especially after his wife is dead, where he's just kind of coldly watching yes. his son train. So, I think both is true- 
but definitely Death Dealer sort of plays the role uh, in, in Shang-Chi's life as just this cold, merciless yeah. trainer. I wouldn't even say that Death Dealer is a two-dimensional character. It's a one-dimensional character. Yeah. <laughs> There's no dimension. Yes. Uh, that's two sets of points there for you. Uh, you said that Shang Chi's well, sorry, mother- Death Dealer makes Shang Chi look like a three-dimensional character. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about it later. You said that Shang Chi's mother is his one source of comfort, mm. but is killed at the start of the movie. Correct, uh, which makes Wenwu oh, yeah. more cold and uncaring. Killed off-screen at the start of the movie, uh, but we you- see it later on. But yeah, you're right. Well, sorry, I'm right. Yeah, I'll give you two sets of two points there. Again, this is something in the movie they pepper it through and they reveal later on. Yeah, but for no reason. As the chronological order of the movie is concerned, the wa- his yes, mother dies yes, young. Yes, yes. While Shang Chi's young. So that Shang Chi's now a teenager and he would become an expert fighter, but not kill his opponents because of the compassion he learned from his mother. This is somewhat true in the long run, uh, but at the start, Shang Chi is very much a cold blooded fighter who, I guess, his story arc. This is what I'm extrapolating from the movie, mm. is that he learns his mother's compassion by the end of the movie. Yeah. So, for that, I kind of give you a half a point because you're kind of on the right track. It's almost the reverse of what you thought. Yeah. If my understanding of the movie is correct. <laughs> yeah. That's what I took away from that's it. That's what I took away from it, too. In your plot, Wenwu is mad that shang is not as cold-blooded as he needs to be and demands he mans up. I give you a point because that's in the trailer. This causes shang to run away to the United States. I give you a point because he does run away to the United States. Uh, this yeah. is somewhat related to why he runs away from the United States, but- and it's something we know from the promotional material as well. So, that's yeah. why you got a one point there. Uh, now, in your plot, we're at present day. shang is living a comfortable American life. True. One point. Yep. He He's said- overweight. He's at McDonald's. <laughs> He's going to gun ranges. Yeah, absolutely. He's uh, he's a very he's wearing a manga hat. Uh, he has a, a manga hat. <laughs> yep, manga hat. He has a platonic. Oh, no, maybe he's, maybe he's like really into Akira. He's got a Akira manga hat on. <laughs> yes, he is. He has a platonic friend uh, named Katie. Mm-hmm. That's their relationship, and we see them hanging out with other friends in San Francisco. I'll give you a point because we see that in the trailer. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned offhandedly that she may have a crush on Shang Chi, or she may just think he's attractive yeah. in certain circumstances. Now this is debatable, but this is certainly what I got from the movie, so I'll give you a point yeah, for that. Yeah, sort of the case. Again, it's so murky, but it, it, she does say stuff here and there. Yeah, so that's I right. Give you, I throw you a point there. He said that Chong Chi goes by a stupid fake name. He does go by a fake name. It is Sean. Yes. Not that it's stupid. It's one letter different from his, his actual name, Not that they stu- joke about in the movie. I guess, in a way, it's stupid because- as Katie says, it's like one letter removed from his actual yeah. name. So, in a way, that's true. But I give you a point for that because yeah. that's the case. And you said that uh, he would be a valet driver. This is all yeah. stuff we see in the trailer. So, yeah. there's more just one points coming your way. You said they, as in Katie and Shang-Chi, get a kick out of joy rides. Joy riding the cars that they valet for. Yep. Uh, which leads to comic relief moments. No cars get damaged or nearly damaged in this movie. No farting either happens, <laughs> uh, funnily enough. Forget but about that. It turns out Katie is a competent driver. Yeah. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, knowing something- Going against the stereotype. Which stereotype is accurate? Uh, women being bad drivers? I don't know. I don't know <laughs> what I'm trying to say here. <laughs> Yeah, because, like, Katie, we kind of thought or we're led to believe is kind of useless. And in yeah. the, the movie paints her as being kind of useless. But there's kind moments of. like this where she's actually good at shit. Yeah. But the movie doesn't- Don't really forget s- she can shoot down a dragon with an arrow after three days of training. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and the movie really spotlights that as, like, oh, my God, she's really good. But, like, she's a really competent driver in this in the bus yeah. scene. And the movie and just- when they're driving through the bamboo forest, she's yes. doing all the driving. Yes. And the movie tr- still treats her like an idiot. Yes. I'm like, well, but she's really good at this. Well, I just thought that was really funny that- uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, as a kind of side note. But anyway, one point there. 
One day they're attacked by a razor fist, one of the best mm. characters in the movie, in my opinion, and some no-name thugs, one point, because- uh, It was Ivan that, Drago's son from uh, Creed does- 2, wasn't it? <laughs> was it? Yeah, it was. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, this does happen. We see it in the trailer. I'm sorry, I'm just laughing uh, because I, I just I got a real kick out of the fact that he wrote his name on his car. Yeah, <laughs> just, well, that was a joke. I thought that was really funny. So that joke worked for you. Yeah, it did. It's every time I saw it, I got a chuckle. I just thought- And when was- they were driving it out, he's like, that's my car! <laughs> yeah, how could you tell? He's got razor fist in big letters. Yeah. I just love the fact that he's like this cold, brooding badass. And he's, 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 well, he's a one-dimensional his- character, Matty D. <laughs> he's written his name in the car. Uh, yeah, so this all takes place in the bus, this fight scene, that is. Yeah. Razor, fi- Razor Fist is a formidable foe, but Shang-Chi holds his own. Razor slices the bus in half, leaving the back half of the bus. Mm, the bendy bus, as the, I described bend- it. The accordion bus. Yeah. Uh, we have some of these in Sydney. The, the, like, yeah, essentially cutting the bus in half, The he gets left behind, the good guys. In the second half, yeah. Yeah, the good guys in the front half. Yeah. All happens Get in away. the movie. They escape. Uh, sets of one points there, because this is all stuff we see in the trailer. That scene was very, very... Uh, it was all over the place, that scene. That yep. was the scene that we saw the most of. Yeah, that's right. You said the bus driver is taken out, as in knocked out, which is the case. And you said Katie has to replace him driving the bus in San mm-hmm. Francisco. That is true. You said that Katie demands an explanation as to what's going on and how Shang-Chi is so skilled. Shang-Chi reveals who he is and that they both need to go and confront his father since they're both not safe. Uh, the explanation part of the your plot is true, mm. They, it's sort of true in a way, they do not go seeking out his father. The opposite is the case. His father yeah. comes, finds them. What actually happens is he goes and tries to find his sister. His sister, yes. well, what he believes happens is his sister sends him a postcard. So, I'm not too sure if the movie's saying at this point he's like, well, I need to find my sister, or he was going to do that anyway. And Yeah, it's, it's not quite it's, clear. It's not clear at all. But so the you, postcard isn't actually from his sister. No, no, it no. It was from Wenwu, but posing as his sister but to he, get them in the same place yeah, so he can snatch them up. Yeah, but he thought it was from his sister. Correct. Anyway. Um, so, you're not quite as you predicted, but yeah, yeah, yeah. you're on the right track-ish. It sort of goes in that direction. You said that they catch a flight over together, a commercial flight. Mm-hmm. Shang reveals what his real name is to Katie, and Katie can't pronounce it properly, much like- uh, me, and uh, uses the fake name for the rest of the movie, which is Sean, which is true. I give mm. you two points there. She calls him Sean through the rest of the movie. Correct. They barely she call can't him- say Sean. <laughs> they barely call She's him. She's Asian and she can't say Sean. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess that's part of the Katie character, right? Yeah. And she can't so. even speak Chinese either, I believe, right? She can speak Chinese. Oh, she can? Yeah. Okay. She just chooses not she to. She just chooses not to, because there's, uh, yeah, but you know, that's part of the Katie character. Um, yeah. But uh, they never really say his name that much in the, in the movie at all. No, no. Okay, so whilst in China, Katie finds an underground- This is funny. You said that Katie finds an underground tournament. I guess she picked up a flyer somewhere and was yeah. like, hey, look at this. Look what I found. Just yeah. lying around, you know, and says that, hey, we can make some money. So, while we're here, let's just, uh, you know, make some money here. In a weird way, this does happen, but just not in the way I described. <laughs> so, in the actual movie, they go here with the intention of finding uh, Shang-Chi's sister. They yep. believe she's Shai there. Shai Ling. That's right. Um, in your plot, they just kind of stumble upon this place. Uh, in yep. both your plot and the movie, they have no intention of fighting. Oh, actually, I take that back. In your plot, they are going to go fight to win some money. But yep. in the movie, Shang-Chi goes there just to look for his sister. But 
John John signs him up for a fight because of his new public profile. Because yeah, because they a- someone filmed the bus fight. Because <laughs> he's a- oh, that guy was great. Uh, the guy that filmed the bus yeah. fight. Yeah, I think it- that's a guy. That's a real streamer, but I didn't recognize him. I recognized him from somewhere, but I couldn't pick where. I- I've definitely seen his face before. But yeah, so he he goes there trying to find his sister. He's a celebrity. He's an internet celebrity. So they forced so him a bus into, boy. The, into the cage. Yeah, as you bus teased, boy. As you teased exactly, earlier. Exactly. In your plot, Shang-Chi uses the this fight to sort of draw his father's men out. His idea is, you know, since they're involved in organized crime, that they'd be- Yeah, involved- I thought this would be like their underground fighting mm, ring. Mm. Or they would be, you know, aware of it or yeah. whatever. Yeah, so, yeah. because he's fighting people, they'd be like, hey, isn't that your son? And then they'd come in. Doesn't happen in the movie. No. You said that Wong and Abomination are here, much like in the trailers. I give you a point for that, because that is the case. You thought that Abomination would be recruited to the Dark Avengers, which we've found out is not the case. No, it's you not also the case. Exp- well, we don't know. We haven't seen that movie yet. I mean, that could be a point that's just made to, in the future. Just to catch everybody up to speed in the Marvel world, the Dark Avengers movie is actually called The Thunderbolts. <laughs> so, that's the direction that they're going. And this is they've been setting this up for such a long time. Is it going to pay off? I don't think so, but we'll find out. <laughs> We've looked at it, and it does not look good. No. And it's also coming out in December next year, so we don't have to worry about it right now. Right now, we can put that off. So, yeah, you speculated that there might be a post credit scene where they're setting up the Dark Avengers. Just to say right now, that doesn't happen. That's not a post credit no, scene. No, and there, there's no element in this movie of setting them up. No. They were, in every other movie at the time, they were doing it, but just not this one. So, it's a good guess, but yeah. not the case. In the actual movie, the post credit scene is an Avengers post credits um, Yeah, sort of. Sort of moment where the Avengers are sort of recruiting Shang-Chi to, you know, their group. Also, why is the Hulk back to normal now? Why is he back to uh, Bruce Banner? I thought he was permanently the Hulk. Uh, when did this movie come out? This this came out after the Avengers, right? Correct. So, I don't know. This came out after Black Widow. The Hulk TV show was happening and he was- As in She-Hulk? She-Hulk, yeah. Hadn't, no, that was the next year. That was the next year. Yeah, that was he's, the following he's, year. Is he- He's permanently he's Hulk permanently, in that- Then I don't know. They fucked up? Yeah. I'm just trying to think of the timeline. Unless they're saying in this movie, this movie came oh, out no, before- no. There's a fan theory. There is a fan theory saying that this takes place before Endgame, but that can't be the case. But they Cap- talk about because Captain Marvel's in it, and she has she's got her original haircut. Yes, she's got her original haircut. But also, they say we live in a world where um, half the population could disappear. You're correct. All right. So, so they did fuck up. Yeah. So Bruce Banner should be the Hulk permanently. Maybe they just didn't have the money for that. Maybe well, not. They didn't dedicate the money for that. Yeah, well, maybe they didn't not. think about that. Well, he was I a hologram know. anyway, so. it might. They might have a reason where they're just like, it takes place at this point before he's permanent Hulk. But no, no, know. this is definitely after he's permanent Hulk. Then I don't know. I'm not a Marvel writer. Yeah. <laughs> so, or fan, apparently. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but in any case, uh, the other post credit scene that happens is with his sister, uh, Shai Ling, who's yeah. like a boss leading the team. They've got this really on-the-nose song playing in the background, and it's like, out with the old, in with the new, <laughs> as they're like installing technology into Wenwu's compound, and I'm yeah. like, Ugh, like this character is ever going to come back in another movie. <laughs> now, you said that Wong is defeated by Abomination. The opposite is true, as we said before. Um, and for some reason, they're friends in the actual movie or yeah. something. I, I want to talk about that after this, sure. this plot because- Well, that, let's that, get there. That's really confusing. But you also thought that uh, Wong would do this as a hobby. He does. I guess so. Look, I'm going to be honest. I'm really confused with what he's actually doing there. I know that they're just trying to shoehorn him into this movie. 
I think it is absolutely shown that it is his hobby. Him and uh, Abomination are doing it for some sort of like exhibition or money or some kind of well, weird side thing that they've got going on. Either either they're working together and they're hustling money. That's or, absolutely the case. Or or he's trying to train Abomination to control his powers or something and you know he's doing it in this format. I'm really confused with why this whole thing happens. Yeah, to, if me I'm going to be perfectly honest, I give you half a point because I guess it's it's right. It's the only thing that they have in this movie that ties it into other Marvel movies. Yes. Yeah. And I know I think Abomination appeared in She-Hulk if I'm not uh it was it was uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I think okay. he appeared. He appeared in. in one of them. So maybe yeah. they explain this a little bit more. I don't, I don't know. know. I didn't watch that show. So I give you half a point. Maybe it deserves more, maybe it deserves less, but I I I was really confused with what this was about. <laughs> Yeah, me it too. Sounds like you too. Yeah, me too. Uh, so Shong has to fight Abomination, and it was crowbarring him. characters we know. It was it was too? Yeah. Yes. So in your plot, he defeats uh, Abomination with martial arts skills. This never happens. This is something I guess mm. as well. So we both thought that would happen, but it didn't. Shang Chi then has to fight Shai Ling, and they're evenly matched, and it ends in a draw. They are evenly matched. Well done. But Shai Ling does win, defeat him. Yeah. It's enough, right? That I give you a point for that, but not not one hundred percent on the money there. Yeah, yeah. You thought that uh, Shang Chi would meet. With now, I, I have it. It's uh, I think you you're saying it's Nan in this section. Yeah, Chung Nan is what I said, but it's just Nan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which you go into her how she fits in later on. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't happen in the movie. Not at this point, at least. Mm. You said they're attacked by Razor Fist and company. The fight scene goes down into some scaffolding. Weirdly, they decided to use bamboo for their scaffolding. Well, I that's thought. very much a Chinese thing. Is it really? Yeah, yeah. Why don't they use metal scaffolding? Bamboo's cheaper. Haven't you seen all those viral videos of just buildings collapsing because <laughs> the bamboo breaks? I would just think, yeah, I just think they would just use metal scaffolding, you know? No, no, it's very very much a traditional Chinese thing of uh, bamboo scaffolding. Okay, well, there you go. I was really surprised to watch that in the movie. I was like, mm. well, you learn something new every day, <laughs> don't you? <laughs> you learn something from Chong Chi. Surely the metal is cheaper, but I guess maybe I'm wrong. No, you'd be surprised, Matty D. All right, so Shang Chi manages to escape, but runs into Wen Wu. Can't grow metal. That's true. <laughs> so, yeah, back to your plot. He uh, After they escape, he runs into Wen Wu. Wen Wu... Uh, New Shang Chi would best his assassins and demands he goes back with him to mm-hmm. fulfill his destiny as the leader. Mm, which that happens all, in the movie, which is all true. Which is why I give you yeah. a point for that. Uh, this is the stuff we see in the trailer as well. Yeah. You know that you're extrapolating. You said that when Wu allows Shang Chi. Okay, so backtracking here, which is really funny. You said that at this point, uh, when Wu reveals that he allowed Shang Chi to leave, yes. he didn't leave of his own accord. He like he let him leave, <laughs> let him spend ten years, yes. finding himself, soul searching, getting everything out of his yes. system. That's true. Yeah, which is why. I give you two points for this. Um, and now he's returned. Uh, I said it as a joke. Turns out it was true. Actually, there's a trailer that actually says this, I think, as well. It doesn't. I don't know about that. But yeah, it's 100% the case. So you called it. I thought it was funny in the plot. Yeah. I thought it was funny in the movie. And it was the case. Yeah. You said that Shang Chi doesn't want to go, but he knows Katie won't be, and himself as well, won't be safe unless he does. So. He goes with Wen Wu. The movie is super unclear with the intentions, but at yeah. this point in the movie, they do travel via helicopter to Wen Wu. Well, Wen Wu's being nice to them in the actual movie because he wants them to help him find his wife. Yeah. So, in the and movie- he thinks that they'll be on the same page as him, but they're very, very much not. Yes. They're like, Dad, you're talking shit. In the movie, he goes to kill Death Dealer and his father stops him. Yeah. They embrace and he says, come home. And Shang-Chi okay. never responds to this. So, I guess we got to assume yeah. that he's cool with that. Yeah. 
and I give you a point because they go in helicopter. You got that right as well. Yep. He said that Shang-Chi is treated like royalty when he arrives, which is true. He yep. sees his old punching ball and re- in reminisces. He's reminded punching of his time as a, as, a to- as a child. I give yep. him two points for that and then another one point. That's three in total. He said that uh, Shang-Chi is reminded why he's left and confronts his father. Uh, says he doesn't want to take over the Ten Rings, which angers Wenwu. In the actual movie, the main conflict, as we've kind of indicated before, is Wenwu is trying to resurrect his wife, or I should say find his wife who he believes is alive. Yep. And Shang-Chi doesn't believe him. Also, Wenwu blames- Neither does Shiling. Neither does Shiling. Well, yeah. no one believes him. Everyone's just like, you're, yeah. you're grief struck. You're talking shit. Yeah. Well, you know, you're, you're, you're dealing with grief and you're, you may be losing your yeah. mind or something like that. Like, it's impossible. Let it go. And he doesn't really hear them out. He just reacts with rage as yeah, soon as right. they're not on, on his team. Uh, another part of it as well is Wenwu blames Shang-Chi for his mother dying, for his wife dying yes. because of his own weakness. Um, because, like, Shang-Chi was there. He didn't try to save him. He just watched from a window. Even though he's a kid. And I believe as well Wenwu blames himself internally because yeah. he says he didn't have the rings with him. If he did, it never would have happened. Da-da-da-da-da, all this sort of character stuff. Well, he wasn't even home, so- don't yeah. know how he could have but fixed he, that. But he does say in the movie, if I had these rings, this never would have happened. Yeah. Which is yeah, why yeah, yeah. he becomes the man he becomes. Uh, this leads to a fight scene where Shang and Katie escape. In the movie, uh, Katie and Shang-Chi are imprisoned. They escape with the help of Trevor Slattery, who is acting like as a jester for them. He's like their entertainment yeah. uh, and a cute mascot that they pick up. You're sort of on the right track here. Um, it's it's Shai Ling who actually busts them out. Yeah. In your plot, you thought Shai Ling would be siding with uh, Wen Wu yeah, at this yeah, point. Yeah, that's right. And it would be them as a team and Katie and Shang-Chi would be on the other side and they would escape. Yeah. Uh, Shai Ling's actually with them, with uh, Shang-Chi. Uh, either way, they escape. So, half a point there. I also said that Shai Ling wouldn't be in the movie that much and wouldn't be important to the plot. You did say that, and you didn't mention wow, Shiling Shiling a lot. Now no. she is in the movie a lot. She doesn't do a whole lot, but no. she's she's kind of with them through, through ev- most everything, of it. Yeah, everything after this point, especially. So that Katie and Shang Chi again. It was just them in your plot, but in the movie, it's this little team that they've built. Um, are taken in by Alan by Nan, sorry, yeah, Nan. and you said that she's a gatekeeper for a mystical kingdom. Just like you said. Just like I said. Uh, much like your standard Marvel Kingdom is what you said. Yeah. I, I say this is true. I know that you didn't give me points for the Guardian sort of section of this, but they kind of they kind of are. They're kind of gatekeepers. There's literally a gate. Well, of the whole community, not just Nan. Not just her, but she's kind yeah. of one of the leaders. Of Talo, which is the name of this hidden kingdom. It's of- in another dimension, apparently. Yes. Is what we're told. Yes. Or like a hidden yeah. thing. But yeah, so they're, they're kind of guardians. So I'll give you points for that. And it, the Talo looked a lot like the upside down world for in the in the hollow earth in uh, Godzilla vs. Kong. Yeah. Did you think that? No, not really. I just kind of thought it was- Same level of CGI. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It sort of kind of reminded me of your generic fantasy world, mm, really. Mm, yeah. You know, luscious grass, fantastic beasts. Yeah, and where like, to find them. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, again- in the movie, Wenwu believes his wife is trapped behind this gate where there's yep. all these monsters. The monsters are actually manipulating Wenwu. It's the dweller. The dweller in the darkness is hiding behind the it's gate. And it's the one- CGI monstrosity. Yeah, he's the one who's manipulating Wenwu because he has the rings and it wants to get the rings. Mm-hmm. So, that's why it's calling him there because it knows it's the, the rings are the only thing that can break the dragon scale gate yep. that's preventing the dweller in the darkness from escaping. Yep. So, the bad- the big bad is manipulating Wenwu. And this is something they introduce way late in the movie. They they sort of explain this to Shang-Chi as well. Yeah. So, so he's on board. 
Yeah, so that that whole her, you know, being trapped was the reason why they ended up here in the first place. Yeah, Talo. Like, yeah. That's that's when Wu is going to this kingdom. Talo. Yep. Talo, and that's why Shang Chi goes there to kind of, I guess, suss out what's going on as well. You know what I found funny as well, just on an offshoot. Mm-hmm. They have this little creature imprisoned. Yeah, My yeah. question is how and why, firstly. but Never explain it. So, obviously, they have some interaction with Tao Lo if they got this creature, because yeah. that's where this creature's from. It's suggested that his wife had it, so Ying had it as a pet, mm-hmm. but they never explicitly say this. It's just in the movie for convenience. Yeah. So, why didn't Wen Wu ever think to use this creature to find- Because he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> because that's what they did, and it worked. Yes. <laughs> and he has it, like, in his kingdom. He didn't need Shang-Chi or Shiling at no. all. He could have just had- He just, just could have gone down to Trevor Slattery's little bunker and no. said, uh, Cake, can I borrow that little butt creature? <laughs> uh, he could have even used Trevor Slattery. Like, anyway. Anyway, yeah. moving on, moving on. I gave it your point for that. Because conveniently, Trevor can speak to it, and it doesn't speak to anybody else except for Trevor Slattery. <laughs> anyway. Uh, in your plot, uh, the, this clan are the true keepers of the Ten Rings- but only want to use them for good. Actually, again, they're the great keep. Sorry, they're the gatekeepers. To, yes, they're uh, not involved with the Ten Rings at all. A gate, a great evil. Yeah, in actuality, they're trying to avoid the Ten Rings at all costs. So yes, give you half a point there. You're kind of on the right track. They are keepers of something, and the and the, the way the story plays out is kind of similar, but not not the Ten Rings. In your plot, uh, Wenwu's ancestors stole the Ten Rings from this clan and has been using them for bad. Not the case. No, it's revealed that Nan is the sister of uh, Shang Chi's mother, which. Yeah. True. Yep. Yeah. And it's revealed early on, but this is the case. So I'll give you a point there. Um, in your plot, his relationship with Nan, him being related to Nan, makes him the true heir to the Ten Rings. Very loosely true, because in the movie, his dad is Wenwu, so he's like the answer, yeah, like the, yeah. the heir to the Ten Rings. And also, it, it makes him sort of connected to um, Taylor, Talo. Talo. As well. So, he's sort of linked to both of them. So, in a way, you're right, which I give you half a point for, because not the way you thought, but correct anyway. In your plot, uh, Shang-Chi proves he's worthy of the Ten Rings, but must show it uh, by understanding the delicate balance of nature. So, this enters uh, like a, like they start testing him, mm-hmm. start seeing if he's worthy and whatnot. Uh, this is not the case, but it, there's a training montage instead. Yeah. So, you're kind of on the right track there, but it doesn't actually happen. Uh, they're just sort of showing him new ways to fight and things like that. You said that this would be, this whole sequence of the movie would be 20 minutes of screen time. I actually looked at it and it was. Yes, it is. Um, you know, give or take a few minutes, but it is 20 minutes. So, I give you I give you two points there. <laughs> you said that Chung Chi would be given his black and red outfit. And this is true. It's made of gra- dragon scale. I'll give you a point there. We see it in the trailer. You said that when we arrives with an army of ninjas and attacks the clan, resulting in a war. I'll give you two points. This doesn't mm. happen. You said that the good clan would use lions in the fight. This is something you got right and I yep. got wrong, which is the case. They're a part of this magical kingdom, as you said, and they're, they act as like the guardians, yep. which I think is right. So, yeah. there, I'll give you a point there. It's stuff we see in the trailer or trailers that I didn't see, but it is true. Um, Shang-Chi faces off against his sister, Shai Ling, who, uh, who has been with Wenwu this entire yeah, yeah. time. And after defeating her, he spares her life because he's showing his pure of heart. You know, he shows his character yeah. arc through the movie. That doesn't happen Doesn't at happen all. in the movie. Uh, Shai Ling has been with uh, Shang-Chi the good this guys, entire yeah. time. Uh, you said that Death Dealer is killed. True, two points right there. He gets his soul sucked by, a by, demon. That, by that demon. 
There's a confrontation between Wenwu and Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi manages to claim the Ten Rings as he is the rightful heir. This is true. Shang-Chi mani- magically manages to take the the ring. So Wenwu is like throwing the wings, throwing the wings, throwing the rings at Shang-Chi. Uh, I did the same thing. Yeah. And he kind of takes them because he's become all powerful. He's kind of merged the good the good part of his mother, the good part of his father together. And yeah, and they powerful. become yellow instead of blue. <laughs> exactly. So he takes he takes those all ten rings. Uh, so I'll give you two points there. Mm. And that's exactly the case. Shang-Chi spares Wenwu when he defeats him in battle. What actually happens is Wenwu opens the portal and gets killed by this soul monster. Uh, the dweller in the darkness. Yes, and Shang-Chi avenges him. Wenwu yep. does save Shang-Chi from dying and gives Shang-Chi his ten rings while he's about to die. He has the ten rings at this point. He took them back and then he gives them back to Shang-Chi. So, there is kind of this sentiment of forgiveness of his dad redeeming himself and things like that. So, you're on the right track there, but it doesn't play out as the movie. You got the the message and the tone, but not the actual events. Yeah, yeah. Do you think I was ever- Do you think either of us were really going to guess where this movie actually went? No. I think it's Uh, obvious from our plot predictions. Lastly, you said that Death Dealer would never be revealed, as in he would never take his mask off, we would never see his face, we'd never know who he is, which I give you two points for. And with that- The giant dragon does not appear in my plot at all. But you worked it in and you did a much better job than I did. Yes. Well, that's funny, because I gave you 59 and a half points. Wow, there you go. Yeah, yeah, it was okay. It was okay. I mean, I think between the two of us, we got a lot of the movie, but there was just so many elements just missing from our predictions. But, like, we kind of got it. I'm happy. Yeah, I'm happy I'm, with it. I'm happy too. Personally, I'm happy with my plot. I think your yeah. plot was good too. Yeah. You know. I'm not unhappy with either of our plots. There's a f- again, there's a few details we missed, but like we got the trajectory of the yeah. movie and yeah, we got a lot of the beats and a lot of the things in the trailer we sort of inserted there. And I want to say this as well. Our plots individually, if you took them, you know, individually- Made a little bit more sense than the movie. Yeah, let's talk about it. So, so were, yeah, there were, we were happy with our plot predictions, but were we happy with the movie? Manny D, what were your thoughts on Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten <laughs> okay, Rings? Right, so, I've written a paragraph, by the way. <laughs> all right, all right. I'll, I'll let you have your moment in a second. But I know that in previously our best and worst of 2021, we mentioned Shang-Chi briefly. I mentioned it as an honourable mention as most forgettable. Kieran oh, mentioned it as an honourable mention for worst. Okay. So that I forgot kinda, about it. That kind of sits into an early indicator of our, of our feelings for the movie. Watching it again, I want to say that I don't think this movie is terrible by any stretch of mm. the imagination. It's not good. Let's just say, initi- <laughs> Matty D initially, when he first saw the movie, said it was pretty good, but it sounds like you've changed your opinion. Look, I, yeah, I, I thought it was just okay, and I, I know that's not a very interesting opinion to have. I thought, and I thought, it, yeah, I just thought it was okay, and I thought it was very, very safe. Um, again, what I was about to say before was that- watching it a second time. Yeah, watching it a second time, very safe. Um, okay. I think that our plots, because I remember I, I was listening to your plot and I was just like, and I, I'd hear you say, oh, well, this is going to happen because of this. And I was like, well, what happened? Okay, the Kieran said this, but I'm trying to remember what happened in the movie. And I'd go back to the movie and I'd be like- Oh, there's just no explanation. There's no the explanation. Yeah. So, Kieran is like, oh, I see part A and part B happens next. So, the reason that we go from A to B is this. And the movie goes, A, E. And yes. we're just like, what, what, what? So, second time watching the movie, a lot of its weakness becomes very apparent. Mm. It's it's very, very safe. This movie is very, very safe. And uh, and nothing we haven't seen before. A lot of this is just- Would you copy. say it's safe to the point of being boring? Yeah, yeah. It's like copy and paste. It's a fine movie to sit and watch and you can be kind of interested in segments of it. It's, mm. you know, but- 
Marvel's at a point now, and they hadn't. They clearly had no faith in this movie. Like that no. shows straight away. But they're they're at a point now where they're like, we know what works enough, so yes. we're just going to do this in this movie and tick every single box. And that was this movie. It ticked every single box, which is why we got confused with Paint this by numbers and other movie. Exactly. What I do want to say is, I came into this episode with a lot of high praise for Simu uh, because sure. he's somebody I've seen and I enjoy him as an actor. And I and I thought I got really excited and I heard he was very passionate about this project. Yes. So, I was like, he's going to steal the he show. He still is. I mean, they haven't done another fucking <laughs> Shang-Chi project, but he's still is super excited about the character. Yeah, yeah. He's not going to be in, an- in another movie for at least six years <laughs> if the Marvel Universe is still around in six years' time. Yeah. So He's not on the schedule. No. So, yeah, he's- so he's- Do something else. Oh, wait, he already did. He was in Barbie. <laughs> he was in Barbie. There you go. But he's he's this kind of actor that was, you know, good looking guy, very yeah. athletic, good comedic timing. So, I was like, oh, yeah. he's made for a Marvel movie. He was not good. He, he wasn't good in this movie and his flaws really showed. He really yes. sucked at the emotional scenes. Everybody else in this movie had to sort of carry him. Yes. Uh, even Aquafina. Who Even Aquafina. You, you can have problems with Aquafina. She can kind of co- come across as obnoxious and annoying. I thought she was likable enough mm, in this mm, movie, mm. but she kind of carried scenes with him. Uh, when Wu was outstanding, he carried every scene. Yes. As, uh, so, everybody had to carry the load that he was kind of- He was dragging this movie down. Yes. Um, like I said, Death Dealer was just in the movie to give <laughs> Shang-Chi more dimensions in comparison. <laughs> yes. As we, as it kind of becomes apparent, like, and us talking about like our predictions, so many stuff, so much stuff happens in this movie where we don't know why it's happening at all. Yes. Like, what what does Shang Chi think about going back to his father's? You know, like, how does he feel about that? Why is he doing that? Is he afraid? Is he believing his father? Is he? Does he want to do this? Does he want to do that? It's it's never clear at all. He's just kind of a, a guy sleepwalking through his own movie. And it's really hard to kind of be invested in a movie when that's happening. Having said that, it's fine. It's, fine. <laughs> it's just- It's, it's not it's, offensive. And, and I was like, thinking about this on the car ride here. I was like, I enjoyed it well enough. It kind of was a, a fine popcorn movie. But then I asked myself, would I recommend this movie to anybody? And I would say no, unfortunately. I really wanted this mm. movie to be good. I really did. It, yeah, kind it, of had, it kind of had components that it could have been really good. But it's just like, if you want that movie, you can see it better in other, other projects. It's nothing we've ever yeah. seen before. And it's a shame because there's nuggets of things that could be really good. Our plots, that would have been great movies. Sure. Speaking of- that, that might be really egotistical, but they they could have. It just needed someone to come along and prune the hedges and just make this a little bit better than it than it was. They were very lazy and they didn't care and they didn't put the effort in and they just threw mm. out something that was just vanilla and safe. And it's very and it's and it's not- soulless is the word that I described it. So and- the dweller in the darkness came down and he sucked all the soul out of this movie, and just we just left with this really like bland vanilla pudding yeah of a movie it's a shame it's not the movie's fault they just they set it up for failure so tell us what you thought i'm I'm basically with you 100 percent there i mean yeah the thing is there's good moments in this in this movie funny moments even yeah there's some funny moments i wouldn't say that the the beef or vegetarian joke on the plane was particularly you know side splitting (laughs) i i acknowledged that they were making jokes but most of the time i didn't think they were funny yeah, there's there's bits in this movie that are that are entertaining. There's bits in this movie that are good, I would say. So the bus fight I thought was pretty entertaining. It was a fun moment for the most part. It was a bit long in the tooth, but like the music was fun in that scene and the the action was kind of pretty entertaining. But then it's sort of a downward slope from there. Like there's nothing in the movie that's as good as that scene. 
for most of the time, it's just CGI, and, and it's really obvious that it's CGI. CGI is really bad. And it's not, it's not like, good action. Like, it's not realistic-looking action. Like, I find- Like, I can sit there and be entertained by John Wick 4 through the whole thing because the action looks good and it looks real. Nothing in this movie, nothing in Shang-Chi looks particularly real, with the exception of the bus fight at times- but the movie was really hoping that we would just be, you know, won over by the bus fight and then just take the ride for the rest of the movie. Yeah, I, it wasn't impressive enough for me to take the whole ride. That whole Talo section, it, it drags. Talo, yeah. That Talo section was really bad. The fact that we had like a giant CGI dragon flying through the air going up against a giant CGI like Cthulhu monster, the Dweller. I'm just like, we don't need this in this movie. What? This is not the movie you established on the fucking bus at the start of the movie. <laughs> on the bus, yeah. It took it took a whole army and, and years, according to the law, to defeat to, to this creature. Yes, Shang-Chi just does it. With the help of Aquafina, who's had uh, three three days uh, training with a bow and arrow. <laughs> Let's not forget that. Now, this movie did not get over the origin story hump for me. It was very much an, a generic superhero origin story for me, to the point where it just followed all the same beats and was uh, just, just it just bored me. It just bored me to tears because I've seen it done a million times. I thought, when Wu, acting aside... Oh, by the way, I just want to mention Wen Wu's actor. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Very popular Chinese actor. I was reading reviews when the movie came out and everyone was talking about how handsome he was and how he was a sexy dad. And I'm just like- handsome, yeah. I'm like, okay, well, that's what people are focusing on? (laughs) Okay. Uh, When I was watching the movie, I was like, I want to see a movie based on him. He should have been Shang-Chi. I mean, he's a little bit old for it, but- I actually had down that he was a pretty boring villain with weak motivations. Like, his motivations were pretty dull and he didn't do much. Uh, The acting, absolutely fine. I was impressed with the acting from the father. He was probably the best actor in the movie. Yeah, he was. But, like, as a villain, mm, this is, like, real down there on the on the Marvel scale of villains. Like, he's pretty forgettable, pretty boring, and he's just an idiot. <laughs> the problem is, like, his motivations are so poor. He's being manipulated. He's the only one who doesn't see that he's being manipulated by, like, the, the demon. He's the only one who doesn't see it, and that makes him an idiot. That's because he's suffering from grief, yes. the movie would say. But yeah, I mean, he's hitting this gate and there's dragons coming out or like whatever, the creatures yes. coming out. And he still doesn't realize. A- and the voice is saying, save me, save me. Like, wouldn't you put two and two together at no, that point? he never does. It's not until he's dying that he goes, like, I fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I didn't care for him as a villain. Uh, something I thought about as well as I was watching the movie, I'm like, does this movie work as a standalone movie? Like, could you watch this in a vacuum and not consider it a part of the MCU? Almost. And the thing is, yeah, you're right. It almost works as a standalone movie, but it's not compelling enough to to work as a standalone movie. I wouldn't be like, oh man, Shang-Chi, that's a great like movie in a vacuum. Like, I think it only works because it's a part of this bigger picture and people like take it as a part of this, this larger story. What impact it has on the larger story is zero at the stage because Shang-Chi has never appeared again in another Marvel project. He's never been mentioned again in another project. Wasn't even in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So, I don't even know if this character is ever going to come back. So, looking at it as a movie by itself, it's not a great kung fu movie. It's not a great fantasy movie. It's just not a great simply- movie. It's not a great superhero movie. It's just simply passable. It's yes. just simply passable. Quite like you, I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. Now, there are more scenes of exposition in the movie than there are fight scenes- they spend more time explaining things. And showing us. And showing things. Like, well, they'll, they'll explain something. Then 10 minutes later, we'll have a flashback showing us what they just explained to us. And that is mind-numbingly boring to watch. They, like, they're throwing words out more than they are throwing fists. And I'm like, this is not what this movie should be at all. At all. <laughs> now, 
Something else I, I made a note of here as well is that they have jokes in the place of character development. Yeah, well, that's- So, there's, well, that's something that Marvel just yes, does these does, days. Yeah. So, the problem is it started with the first Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. So, if you look at those movies in the lead up to the first Avengers movies, they did a, like a pretty good job of developing characters and they weren't very like yuck, yuck, jokey movies. And then in the Avengers movie, their way of quickly developing characters and getting us to know these characters who we might not have seen in the lead up to this movie- is like they're all very quippy and and snarky and making cracks about each other. And then they decided, oh, that really works for this series. Well, Let's it's very do it. popular. Let's do it in every movie. And the thing is, you're getting in directors who have never done- and writers who have never done a comedy movie before and then just attempting jokes. Most of the time, they don't land. Then you get in directors like James Gunn, who can do humor really well. And then you have movies like Guardians of the Galaxy, where the humor works really well. Shang-Chi is not one of the movies where the humor works really well. I didn't think it was funny at all. I didn't think the jokes were necessary. Like, just having all this heavy-handed stuff, oh, my mom's dead, oh, my dad's going to take over the world. Let's have a joke about vegetarian (laughs) options on the plane. Why? Let's sing karaoke. Let's sing karaoke. It's just in there out of obligation, and they do it to make, you know, Aquafina's character more quirky. They do it to give uh, Simu Liu's character, Shang-Chi, I don't know, something to do in a, a desperate attempt to give him more dimensions, but it doesn't work. It's out of place and it just doesn't work in this movie at all. I'm saying the same thing twice. I'm as redundant as the jokes in the movie. <laughs> and that's basically my, my entire thoughts on the movie. Like, it could have been good. That's my problem. That's my frustration. Like, I look at a movie like this, I'm going, this could have been a really fun, entertaining superhero movie. But they just fumbled the ball and it didn't work. And, and we're not scriptwriters or anything like this. No. But you almost want to go in and fix it and you can see where you can fix yes. it. But it's clear that they were just like, throw it out there. And if They it- made it out of obligation. Yeah. That's the thing. They said they were going to make it and then they went to the factory and they pumped out the sausage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And if people don't like it, then they're going to go away and be like, well, this is not what our audience likes. So, we're going to get rid of it. Something, something I realized as well, to your point there- yeah. Something I realized as well while watching this movie, I'm like, these movies aren't designed to be watched twice. No. This is very much like an episode of TV now. Like, the Marvel movies have become, well, they always, I guess they, they were designed this way. But they're, they're so episodic where you're just supposed to consume it and then wait two months for the next movie, consume that one. And then you just don't think about it again. And if you're, in, if you're entertained by something in the movie, you walk out being like, oh, well, that was okay. And then you just don't think about the movie again. So, we're sort of approaching it in the yeah, way of like- that's that's true. Is this a lasting piece of art that's going to remain well, in the zeitgeist? And the answer is absolutely not, but that's not what movies should be at the end of the day. Yeah, and that's not what this movie is intending to be. So exactly. If we're looking at that, then it did its job-ish. Yes. Again, I just want to say, not a terrible movie by any means, and we've covered way worse movies yes. in the show. So, way out of the trilogy- movies. It's like- it's, it's just middle of the road, really, for me, if yeah. not a little bit lower than middle of the road. Yes. It's, it's not up there with the best uh, Marvel movies, I'll say that. No. You'll probably agree with that yeah, too. Yeah, 100%. But like out of Mortal Kombat, Snake Eyes, and Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, this movie is easily the best one out of those three. Yeah. Mortal Kombat was probably more entertaining, but I didn't really like that movie. So, this one I would say is the best out of the three, but it's still not great. Yeah, it probably is the best out of the three. Um, either that or Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, well. What do you, the dear listener, think of Shang-Chi? Did you love the movie? Did you not love the movie? I want to hear someone who loved it. What yeah. loved about it. If this is your favourite of the MCU movies, what's wrong with you? But if this is your favourite, <laughs> please let us know the reasons why. You can contact us on our social media pages on Facebook, Instagram, and X. And X. I love saying that now. You can send us an email at potentialspoilerspod at gmail.com. Matty D hasn't gotten over X. I just said, what is he doing? What's this guy doing? He's a fucking idiot. We can talk about that another time. As in, never. (laughs) Uh, 
<laughs> or you can just simply leave us a comment on this episode's page on the Podbean site. Let's wrap it up for another week. Before we before we do, though, let's ruin Matty D's week and explain <laughs> what we're going to be covering next week. Yeah, boy, let's do it. So, of course, we're returning to the world of predicting movies. Mm-hmm. We're really going to dive in feet first into another solid plot prediction. And next week, do you want to play a little game, Matty D? Because we're returning to the world of Saw. No, we're not having a follow-up to uh, from the Book of Saw Spiral. <laughs> Instead, we're going into the 10th installment in the Saw franchise with Saw X. Yay. Oh, okay, Saw 10. Yes. Well, we're experts at covering Saw movies, as in we did one. So, What's the name of the, the main character from Saw, the, the jigsaw killer? What's his name? John Kramer, is that right? Oh, uh, yeah, I think he's so. Returning- his name's John. Yeah, he's uh, yeah. returning from the grave. So we're getting a- Again. We're, in the 10th installment, we're getting like a, a prequel mm. to- Like we're getting an origin story. It's an origin story to the Saw, right? It's like, you know, it's you know the, sto- the Saw is in the hardware store. Yeah, it's bought. that's right. We get to see that, you know, origin I can, story. I can, I'm going to work that into my plot, Matty D. I can guarantee you they're going to do something hokey like that in this movie. <laughs> I, maybe it might be the best movie ever made, Kieran. Might be. We'll discuss it next week. Flogging a dead horse. But that's what we, we cover on this show. We said that was Spiral. <laughs> <laughs> and we're doing another one. <laughs> so it's like a skeletal horse and they're yes. still flogging the shit out of it. So please join us next week for that. And until then, stay safe, stay well. <laughs> I don't know what I'm fucking talking about. I should also probably mention that my name's not technically Sean. What? What is it? It's... Shang-Chi. 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 Shang. Shan. Shang. Shan. S-H-A-N-G. Shang. Shang? Yeah. You change your name from Shang to Sean? Yeah, I don't... I wonder, yeah. how, I wonder how your father found okay, you. I was 15 years old, all right? What is what is your name change logic? You going into hiding okay. and your name is Michael? You want to change it to Michael? That's that's not what happened. It's, you, it's like, hi, my name's Gina. I'm going to go into hiding. My new name is Gina. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, you can hear me.